Podcast. I'm worried that they're going to go out in five. Like, I, no. like Randall's hurt, no. and um, this team has got a lot of holes. All right. I love this team, but I mean, it's got a lot of holes. This, I, think and, the Knicks, I think the Celtics will sweep the Hawks, though. That's a 4 0. This that NBA corner update has been brought to you by Smoothie Come on, King. People love it. People <laughs> want to hear like what we're what we're about other than music. I think it's I, important. I, I love people love it. I will show you the uh the check, Jeff. They, they don't love it. Uh, all right. First of all, there's a physical actual check. This podcast is a runaway hit. It has generated actual income, making it different than 98% of other podcasts. <laughs> 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys. I keep falling for the weather I really report do. every time. He's like, he said it was 95 <laughs> a week ago in Asheville, North Carolina. You should. I'll admit known. that did say that seems strange. I'll admit that seems that, suspicious. That I was like, hmm. well, welcome to 50 Years of Music with 50 Year Old White Guys here on the Electricast Podcast Network. We have traveled down to New Orleans uh, here in our minds to give you the very best of the music scene once again. I am out of my depth. I need to get back to like Pittsburgh and Toronto. Like these are heavy hitters. Nashville, Memphis, New Orleans. Holy smokes. Yeah, and don't worry. North Dakota. Dakota is coming up. So well, that'll, North, that'll, I, need, I need a little more. That'll equalize things. Just a Maybe lot. we can go back to Boston. Hey, <laughs> yeah, wait I don't a know minute. if we fully covered that area completely. <laughs> I was actually talking to Andy about it. And I was like, I'm really enjoying it. Like the last couple of ones have been fantastic. And she was like, maybe it's because you left New England. And I was like, that might be it. That okay. might be it. Okay. Listen, we could have done New Hampshire. That would have been next. Um, well, welcome, gentlemen. Uh, are you doing well, first of all? A midweek, midday podcast. Jeff? Fine, actually. Yeah, Good. it's fun to do one while the sun is high in yeah. the sky it's beautiful out and i got the house to myself it's spring break for me but no one else so i'm i'm having wow. a risky business-esque you know day <laughs> okay of, of okay quiet. that's that's yeah. plenty thank you for the visual uh he's ben... in Zundies right now <laughs> i am ben you doing well he's taking those old records off the shelf <laughs> <laughs> sliding across the floor hey uh gentlemen our first electric ass paycheck came through uh, just an hour ago. Woo! Nice. And I have good news. Um, our mission of connecting and being a part of each other's lives is, is still the cornerstone of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we, that does we not are, surprise me at all. Yeah, it's great, but it is fascinating to see like who the advertisers are and when they come in. And ah, it's fascinating. I'll have to go over the the data with you at some point. Um, Thank you. Thank yeah. you, marketing. So, sadly, one of you is going to have to go. We can't keep two of the talents on. So it it all comes down to uh, the the food 
uh, section of this podcast. So oh, well, well, I, it's been nice knowing you all. I'll catch oh, you, you on sure? the first I thought we were going to do a, a, a cage match, like a <laughs> two-minute or one-man loose. That's I can't right. do that either. Well, Jeff Simons, let's Jim's welcome us. He's been doing us. yoga for like 25 years. Like I, get, I give before it even starts. I can't imagine how like your core strength would just snap me in half before we even got started. Uh, well, um, let's get Steve Earle. This city as our arrival song here in New Orleans. Uh, he's going to set the mood. This city won't wash away. This city won't ever drown. Blood and water and hair to pay Sky till open, pain rain down Doesn't matter to come when they However won't leave this town This city won't wash away This city won't ever drown All right. Um, Jeff, I haven't asked. Have you been to New Orleans? I have. Couple of times. Couple of times. Uh Ben, how many times? Three times. Oh no, no, okay. four times. Four times. Okay. Four yeah, times. me too. So we've all got a, a, a fairly decent experience there. Uh thumbs up, Jeff Simons. Oh yeah, totally. I was I have um two pre-Katrina visits though. So it's been a long okay. time for me. And um talking to people who have been posted, it seems like it's a pretty it's a pretty different experience going now so well 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 i've got uh three pre one post uh what last last year um it's really it's really coming back it's it's really extraordinary in the way it's come back uh the population of new orleans before katrina hit does anyone know several hundred that like four hundred fifty thousand, something like that excellent four hundred and fifty five thousand uh in new orleans how many right now I don't know now. I know it was under 100 for yeah. a long time post-Katrina, but I don't know how much of a snapback we've got. It's all the way back to 376,000. Oh, uh, come residents. on now. Yeah, That's let's awesome. go. Let's go. Although, uh, don't the, mistake it. It's not the same people. I mean, that I'm not saying sure. I mean, that is price. But. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Yeah. Uh, how it's recovered is is a different story. Um, all right. Well, let's, uh, let's get into things. The... Um, the nine foods one must try in New Orleans. I'm going to name all nine, and you're going to pick your top three out of these nine. Okay, oh, I just, thought you were going to make us try to name the nine. I'm not. I'm not really going to do that. No. <laughs> I think right. Ben would come close. I would. I would bet. I would. Bet. All right. Well, let, okay. Oh, no let, way. No. Let's way. see how many you get out of the nine. Go ahead. Brainstorm. All right, well, obviously, there's going to be the beignets. Yep. Po boys. Yep. Muffalettas. Okay. Jumbo. Yep. Jambalaya? Jambalaya, yes. Where are um, we at? Five. Oh, we didn't get... Uh, that's not... That's five. Okay, we gotta get the nine, huh? Yeah. What are the other desserts? It's well, like I, shrimp, shrimp etouffee or shrimp I, Yeah, I was I, gonna say etouffee. Yeah, you, guys, you guys are killing me. I, I cut the two foods I couldn't pronounce. Muffalettas and the etouffee, so... <laughs> So really, it's eleven. But I was like, "Oh, we're doing nine. <laughs> you guys exposed me in the first five minutes of the podcast. 
killing me. Um, all Are right. Other desserts besides the beignets. That well, oh, 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 the uh, bananas foster. Is Excellent. The Excellent. Bananas foster. Uh, pralines. King cakes. Oh, that I can't uh, believe we missed that. Red yeah. beans and rice. Oh, of course, for if you give me two seconds, I would have gotten yeah. that Monday night. Um, and then turtle soup, which I, I have never, that. I've never had turtle soup. Uh, so give me your top three out of those. What What do you like out of that? Smattering. The best red beans and rice I've ever had in my life was Monday night in New Orleans. It was so good, I I could have taken a bath in it. So I love that. <laughs> I don't dislike any of those foods, to be honest. The muffalette oh, yeah. is a little too much bread for me. A lot of, like, yeah. The muffalette is like 90% bread and 10% good stuff. So that one I don't love as much as I as other people do. Okay. Um, we I went to New Orleans most recently with my uh, five other buddies from Knoxville who celebrated each other's birthdays. And I oh, forgot the name of the place. I think maybe it's Girard's or Girard's. Anyhow, it's an old-fashioned 1928 white tablecloth. Oh, All yeah, the waiters yeah. wear a tuxedos place. And we got Bananas Foster for the table. So it would not be my favorite. It's not actually my favorite, but I just can't recommend it highly enough. It was the like the funniest thing of all time. Like this dude comes out in the full tuxedo and he's got this like wheeling tray and he's pouring all this alcohol in. There's flame everywhere. He's burning these bananas in front of you. And like he does this it's just like a bus driver you know what i mean like he does yeah, this all sure. night his job is just burn bananas all day and all night and i'm just like damn that's a good job it's super fun like he had a whole patter with it you know what i mean like he had a whole wrap prepared for us like where are you guys from oh, whoosh <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, like the little um volcano onion at uh japanese steakhouse where they're totally. smacking them sure in front of you. sure oh that's really fun yeah a lot of great great restaurants in new orleans uh helen and i, I would say that crystal it. hot sauce i would replace my blood with crystal hot sauce if i could i crystal that hot on. sauce i don't know that oh you've never had it it's the no. new orleans hot sauce and it's um it's spectacular it tastes good on just about everything and many uh many a school lunch is greatly improved with yes. a big splattering <laughs> of crystal hot sauce that is excellent um all right well let's get to the compilation contest gentlemen gentlemen this is the the torture basement um has been moved to the back porch because it's such a beautiful day um and no one else is home so we're out here and you have 15 songs that mention new orleans and i think you got to get 11 out of these 15 uh only two only two rare, rare tracks. So I'm All right. feeling, feeling good for the two of you. Oh, I'm excited about that. Okay, here we go. Yeah, I'm home. 
son of a bush boy. <laughs> Nerd. New Orleans in the morning, afternoon, and night. Hell, Hell no. no. We ain't alright. second listen no wow really you're gonna be that i got 12 i got 12 slam dunk i think on the first listen dang i mean maybe i did not get the rap one oh i got the rap one i think great okay good just from recognizing that's the voices i don't know the song and all but i think i know it hey i want to say one thing before we go any farther yeah sure thank you tim thank you for the chuck berry (laughs) Anytime you can give me Chuck Berry, it makes me happy. It brings me joy. This is a guy who has like 85 songs where he just lists places. Yes, so really just you he really, really need to, anytime you get a chance, just help us out. He I mean, is you my, can add, make, do it as 16 songs, but I just he, love hearing Chuck he Berry. He is it my go-to. So yeah. Uh sweet little 16 also mentions New Orleans. I mean, yeah, he's he's an almanac for back the in the USA basement. and Route sixty six. I'm yep. like, here's some places yeah, that, that comes... I haven't heard about. I'm just going <laughs> to list them in order now. <laughs> <laughs> so great, it's so great. All right, well, Ben, so, since Jeff is so gosh darn confident, uh, why don't you get us started? See how many you got. Um, the second one's the animals. The great. first one is Tom Waits. Got it. Yeah, golly, yes. it is garbly best. Yeah. Animals uh, is second. Animals is second. I think the third one's Leonard Skinner, but I'm going to let me too. Jeff overrule me if he wants to. No, Excellent. it's Skinner, I'm sure of it. It I is was indeed. confused about the fourth one. The fifth one, little Fats Domino, right? That, yep. That is correct. Very nice. The seventh one, which I actually could really use the second listen to. This is one you didn't get, right, Jeff? No. Okay. Um, so loud. <laughs> I think the seventh one is Bon Jovi. That's what I think. Oh my God, the seventh is really? one is Bon Jovi. That's what I think. I think it's like some weird oh, old yes. Bon Jovi solo record. That is correct. It is John Bon Jovi on his own what singing year about is that? the Queen of New Orleans. I, All right, so let's back up. I number do not four, know. Number four <laughs> is Canada's. I believe it's the tragically hip. Yes, that, that New, Orleans New Orleans is sinking. Song. No, and then number six is Stevie Nicks. Yes. Yeah, we so jumped. we're seven for seven. Is that correct? Unbelievable. All right. Well, I don't think I have eight. The next one I have is Elton John, which I think. Oh, is eight is the Chili Peppers covering right. uh, the meters. Yep. Nine is Public Enemy. Am I correct? 
Hell no, we ain't all right. That is Public Enemy. Nice. Wow, I never heard that song, get. but I recognized Flavor, Flavor Flavor saying son that's of a an bush. amazing get right there. Good. And then Elton John is 10, so we're 10 for 10. Hold uh, on, and 11. Like, hey, Ben, I want to let... I want to let you know with that Elton John song, I tried to pick the most Elton Johnny part of the song. So, so it was like <laughs> wow, full, really full dose of Elton John coming at For you. sure. For it was sure. awesome. That one's less appreciated than Chuck Berry, but I did manage to get it. So I can't <laughs> yeah, really complain. Good, good. Um, and th- I know that Jesus just left. That, that's, that's a ZZ Top song. Is that ZZ Top doing it? Fish it doing fish doing Jesus it. Yeah. Chicago, oh so that wow. Tim can put a finger in my eye, which That's is a just disaster. Awesome. Um, 12 is Randy Newman, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Then somewhere in here, there's one that Jeff didn't get. Do you have there's it? Two. I don't know the next two, but I have a guess. I mean, the next I, one is some shitty nineties rock band that makes oh, me I, want I to have a myself. guess on that one. Come on. Ben. Okay. It's like one of the three name bands, like Third Eye Blind or Marcy Playground or one of those. I think it's bands. better than Ezra. <laughs> yes. That's yeah, what I, it think is. It is. I think it's it better is. than Ezra. It is indeed better than Ezra. Unbelievable. Are you guys going to run the table? Well, we're 14 out of 15 because the last one's Chuck Berry, but I do not know who does the big long Cadillac limousine hotel suite. Oh. I mean, it's some, it's some Southern rock sadness like the marshall tucker band it or... is first of all it is a great song it's right from it's, the jump it's go 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 it's called it trudy. sounds great i gotta admit it's called trudy and I, I recommend you guys listen to it uh after this podcast and it is by the charlie daniels band uh wow. so that's your one miss that's not bad 14 charlie daniels band is pretty good yeah that is pretty good dude 14 out of 15 on one listen um, well, that was a Believable. Yeah, you didn't That's even have your point. second listen. Is it? Dude. It's Alfred Toussaint. Is that the name of the guy? Alan Toussaint. Alan, Alan Toussaint. Toussaint. Dude, City of New Orleans. That really, like, I listened to that this morning in prep. You got to help us yeah. out. Uh, play also, it for me, Jeff. Um, Arlo Guthrie, right? Yeah, yeah. his cover though doesn't yeah. touch the the yeah. Toussaint one. Um, can you play a little, Jeff? Uh, okay. Oh, the angry side from Jeff. Oh. No. I, oh. I, th- I thought you were on spring break. What the heck? I'm sorry. I just like I'm this, you're just, hey, Mr. Just, just causing more edits for you. Wow. So Spotify does not have the Alan Toussaint version. It only no way. Has you know what I'm talking about, right? What? You you've heard that? You've heard the version, right? It's fantastic. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's a bummer. All right. I listened to that? Alan Toussaint's Southern Nights, um, and I gotta, I gotta say, I like Glenn Campbell's better. <laughs> have you listened to the record "Life, Life, Love, and Faith" by Alan Toussaint, Tim? Because if you haven't, no, life changer, nineteen seventy-two. Uh, it will life, come up. love, and faith. Okay. It's gonna come up in my uh, New Orleans moment. But, super, uh, super. That's must listen. All right. Well, well, let's uh, let's move on. Uh, ben Barton, can you give me a nickname of New Orleans? The Crescent City. Excellent. Can you give me another one, Jeff Simons? No. Nolans? I mean, no. Oh, I okay. got another one. What do you got? The Big Easy. The Big Easy uh, is easy. correct. Not, my brain is. You can also uh, go with Nola. I feel like Nola. That's Nola. Uh, ben is on fire here. And uh, the last one, the city that care forgot. Just to explain Ooh, the. Uh, that's harsh. The breezy. Uh, the breezy way home, about home of smoothie king i thought that was the that was the <laughs> other name. <laughs> um, by the way we are recording this after the pelicans choked the play-in game 
That's, last night. That is correct. Sorry, sorry for the Pels fans out there, but they deserve to lose that game by for sure. With, with Zion sitting on the bench because he's not sure if he's mentally ready. That interview no, that's was not true. It's not a generous what? take on it at all. He said, I'm fully healthy. I'm just not Zion yet. And I'm not getting back in the court until I'm full Zion. I don't care if that's real or not. You cannot, the, the day of a playoff elimination game, you can't be like, oh, I'm fine. I'm just not Zion yet. Like, get out there. Take some shots. Okay. Well, so they've had a hard time getting on the same page, him and management. But they sure <laughs> have. Like, the, the, the GM of the team was like, he's not cleared. He can't play. We're not going to have him play while he's still rehabbing this muscle injury um so it's a it's a communication problem not an actual problem i don't think okay. he's a bad guy and also we okay. got to see him when we went to new orleans i got tickets and we got and zion played so it's, I, I can't describe how great it is to see zion <laughs> oh, I know, he's, oh he's amazing he yeah. doesn't play it's really yeah. it's really it's like Embiid's first three seasons it's like you know little peak and then gone sadly though it's four seasons he's been in the nba for four seasons he's played 100 games oh I mean, my it's God. really it's really not good and I saw I one of them though, so it worked out great for me. I mean, it was like watching Lawrence Taylor play basketball. It was unbelievable. I know, right? <laughs> that might be why he's getting hurt. He might, he just might be weird, weirdly built. Like he's like Bo Jackson. He's going to tear the muscles off his frame because he's so unbelievably powerful. Oh well, he's like this gigantic. And this was the beginning of the season, so not to be mean, he's a little. He's working his way to shapes. He's still kind of heavy set. Yeah, and um, anytime he anybody stood in front of him, he was like, excuse me, like small person. Like <laughs> just get out of the was, way. He just was like, get out of the way. But also he like he dribbled around guards like yeah. so fast, like right. lightning quick. It was really insane. And the second jump I had I'd read about the second jump beforehand and seeing it live was so weird. So weird. Like he comes in for a layup, misses, and then he's back. He's You're back like, up before the next guy. Happen? Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> like, it's like there's two of them. Like one of them's going down <laughs> and the other one's going up before the other one touches the floor. It was crazy. And you could see that uh, it was the, the trailblazers they played. You could see the guys in their team were like, wait, what? What just <laughs> happened? What? Did somebody box him out? Like, how'd that happen? It's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. so sad to see Can't... that team like flame out against the Thunder last night. And, and, and real quick, um, how did the Kyrie Irving trade work out for Dallas? How about that? Not so Amazingly great. well. Amazingly so well. So I know. I'm thrilled about it. I like watching the Mavericks suffer is, is kind of fun. It's we great. have a, th this NBA playoffs is going to be great for this podcast because all three of us are rooting for teams who could make some noise and who are also like a flawed yeah. enough to make the, every game thrilling. I'm Knicks, really excited. The Knicks are scary. The Knicks are scary. Um, strong disagree. No, yeah, they I are so fast. Yeah, uh -uh. I'm really worried that they're not going to get past Cleveland, but I'm oh, they're, thrilled they're, that they have a good team. Get, I'm worried that they're going to go out in five. Like I, no. like Randall's hurt, no. and um, this team has got a lot of holes. All right, I love this team, but I mean, it's got a lot of holes. This, I think the Knicks, I think the Celtics will sweep the Hawks, though. That's a four zero. This that NBA corner update has been brought to you by Smoothie Come on, King. People love it. People <laughs> want to hear like what we're what we're about other than music. I think it's I, important. I, I love people love it. I will show you the uh the check, Jeff. They, they, they don't love it. Uh, all right. First of all, there's a physical actual check. This podcast is a runaway hit. It has generated actual income, making it different than 98% of other podcasts. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to the favorite son or daughter of New Orleans. 
I didn't even check um, record sales or stats or anything like that. It's just, it's got to be Louis Armstrong. Do we, do we agree? That sounds good. I like it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the man invented uh, modern music. So let's go with Louis Armstrong. Uh, should we hit him with a oh, win the saints come marching in? How about what did I do to be so black and blue? Okay. Wow. That's a different, different vibe, but go for it. I mean, he's let's get to some vocals though. Hold on. I'm just going ahead here a little bit. You're fine. Oh, black and blue. Went too far. Hang on. Listen. Cold, empty bed. Springs on his leg. Feel like old men. Wished I was dead. What did I do to be so black and blue? There we go. Wow. I've got two very brisk Louis Armstrong stories. One is, um, I think it's the early 70s or maybe the late 60s. He's touring Asia. He gets to Thailand and he buys an entire suitcase full of marijuana. Here I was back in the U.S. to customs at, at then Idlewild Airport, now JFK. And he's carrying in an entire bag of weed. Like he's got a whole big suitcase of it. And for just uh, uh, whether it's racism or just bad luck or whatever, they pull him off to the side into the special customs area. And he's like, rut row, this might not be good completely by luck at the same time. So there's like a special area in walking through the special area comes Richard M. Nixon. Richard M. Nixon is like, hold on. Is that Satchmo? No way. He's like, Mr. President, good to see you. And he's like, I love you, Satchmo. You're the greatest. And he's like, what's going on here? And they're like, oh, he just got randomly selected. He's like, no, 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 he's with me. He's with me. Oh my God. He waves him through. <laughs> in some versions of the story, Nixon grabs the bag for him and carries it out. <laughs> he should have handed out one of those uh, badges that he gave Elvis. My God, Nixon's on top of things. Uh, what's the other? Is... Oh, yeah, what's your other little? What's the other story? It's actually related to the to the song we just heard. Um, heard an amazing interview with the guy who just wrote a new biography of him on NPR. 
And the point of the biography and the point of the interview was sort of to reconstruct his life and recapture him as a civil rights icon and a civil rights hero, even though he was a he was very Michael Jordan-esque in his late career, yeah. where he was like, I'm just a famous singer. I'm not here to do any politics at all. Um, totally unfairly tarnished as an Uncle Tom or as if he wasn't some kind of massive groundbreaking person who created space for all these other people to come behind him. Um, just a fantastic, amazing guy. You know, what's amazing about that too, is this, this song of course is um, famous for being in the, in the introduction of Ralph Ellison's invisible man. It's the song that the invisible man is listening to when he gets high and descends into the darkness. And if you want a great description of Louis Armstrong's art, just read that paragraph that Ellison writes. And of course, Ellison finds himself, in this exact same space, he is being uh, uncanonized as a conservative uh, Uncle Tomish voice in Black literature. And uh, I think that's a really reductive, ungenerous un, uh, and inaccurate understanding of that book. And heartbreaking, Ellison. heartbreaking, because that book right. is a masterpiece. Masterpiece. And Ellison's conservatism is unrecognizable from what people think of as being conservative in 2023. Um, and yeah, but it's funny that, um, Ellison's text was my introduction to Louis Armstrong. And now this yeah. NPR documentary is trying to reclaim Armstrong. I hope someone does the same for Ellison once the current, uh, moment, uh, calms down a little bit and reclaims space for nuance. This um, editorial brought to you by yeah, totally. <laughs> Smoothie King. Timmy, where's your transition? <laughs> Smoothie King. <laughs> Perfect. Um, Brilliant. So I, I don't have a transition except to say the song I wanted to play was Oh, When the Saints Come Marching In so that I could tell my story of being in uh, being in Jackson Square and going into the, the music. They got like a little museum right there where you can learn about the hurricane and the effects of the hurricane. And so Helen and I are going through. Um, and there's a memorial service happening in this kind of function room. I go off uh, to the bathroom. I come back and they've got the band leading all the funeral participants in uh, a line all the way around through the museum. And who's in it but my wife, Helen, who has been <laughs> grabbed by the mourners who are Oh, when the saints go marching who are having a, a gay old time and they grab my wife because apparently uh, in New Orleans, if you if you happen upon a funeral procession, you're supposed to just kind of join in and celebrate uh, the person's life. So that's what Helen got to do. I mean, I think it helps if you're good looking. That's some praise for your just, wife right there. Wait, I love the reason I didn't grab you. Everybody's man. thinking the same thing. It wasn't because you're in the bathroom. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Like, no, I, no, I think it was because Tim was in yeah, the bathroom. And that guy's gone. Let's go ahead and start it up. <laughs> the good-looking yeah. portion went up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Um, all right. What to do in New Orleans should you find yourselves there? Uh, gentlemen, uh, either of you, Jeff, you probably didn't because you haven't been there in a while. But Ben, did you go to the National World War II Museum? I did. I really liked it. Oh. There's some part there's some parts of it that are kind of cheesy, but overall, I found it to be a really uh, spectacular museum. Really spectacular. I mean, you lose yourself for hours uh, in all these stories, and uh, it's one of those things where I'm just not familiar with the war in the Pacific, 
And oh, dude, I was th- going to say the same exact thing. Yeah, to go through that section, it's like, oh, my God, uh, I learned so much. And, and it's really overwhelming what U.S. troops did in the Pacific. Yeah, so they've got two different parts. They've got the they've got a bunch of parts, but there's a European yeah. theater and a Pacific theater. And I was amazed by how much I knew about the European theater. I've right. like lived that history. I, I knew it all. I mean, and there's an amazing D-Day section, which, of course, I also knew that backwards and forwards. Then you go across the hallway to the, the Asian one and you're like, oh, my God, I don't know any of this. And dude, the just yeah. like the, the extra the two or three years of the war where they're fighting island to island. Island to island. And it's Dug just in. a bloodbath oh. where like they refuse yeah. to have any POWs. They're just fight fighting to the death every step. Yeah. Like, it's no amazing surrender. That it's amazing that we hung in there in the war. Like it looked yeah. really bad. Really bad. grisly. Grizzly and uh, the Japanese were giving no quarter and no surrender. Um, all right. So I would recommend you... having a dad who specializes in the Pacific theater of World War II if you want to, um, <laughs> if you want to deepen your knowledge. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, a really good point. It's a really good point. Yeah, we should have we should have hung out more. Um, all right. Well, uh, we, we all went to Jackson Square. Lovely. Yeah. Uh, we all went to the French Quarter. Kind of kind of overwhelming at times. Um, it's uh, I love Frenchman Street. I love the music clubs and, and venues there. But the French Quarter is a scene. Would you I, dig- it. I didn't I didn't dig uh, Bourbon Street at night, but I dug right. the French Quarter all the way through it. Oh, the architecture is. Terrific. I uh, quick story. We went to the Super Bowl uh, Patriots versus Packers in 95. And my buddy Dave and I get separated from everybody else. But there is a bar there. What do you know? They had a drink special. Um, and so we went in. We get called in by these bartenders like, come on, come on. So it's a, a buy one, get two free. Six, <laughs> 16 ounce be beer special. It's a 16 ounce beer special. So it's like. Uh, you know, it's like Ben Franklin walking around with the puffy rolls just coming on from Boston. I'm walking around with all these beers and I go up on the balcony and Dave and I are just sitting there whole, cuddling our beers and trying to drink out of the big one. And who walks on the street down below? But my mother, who is also at the Super Bowl because her my stepfather is the team doctor. And apparently in that moment, she was saying to her husband, Look at all these drunks. Look at these people. They're hanging over the balconies. Just a bunch of drunk. Timmy? And that's how <laughs> I met up with my mother in New York. Your timing, by the way, running into your mom at inopportune oh. moments is its own amazing story. Yeah. That like, I don't a, know how that happens to you. We're, we're going to, that's going to be the next podcast. It's going to be great. Um, and then, um, did you guys make it into the Ninth Ward at all? I did. I have a I have a pretty great story in that regard. Um, I spent a week in New Orleans with some friends, and one of them's a clarinet player. Um, and he, uh, this was in 1995. Okay. And I went to see him play, and then we went to Preservation Hall, and then he was like, "Are you up for a late night?" And the answer, of course, is uh, in 1995 is absolutely. He's like, "I have a good friend who is a pretty amazing trumpet player, and he's playing a tiny place, um, and we're going to give him a ride." And hang out there. It was Monday night, so it was like it'll it'll be two bucks to get in and all the red beans and rice you can eat. Wow. Um, and his name was Kermit Ruffins. No kidding. And so wow. I, I jumped in the back of a pickup truck with Kermit Ruffins and drove deep into who knows where. Parked, the Bayou. 
Yeah. And uh, my, you know, my friend and I, you know, watched Kermit Ruffins in a pickup band play for three and a half, four hours and got back when the That's sun great. came up. That is great. That's a good story. I, I happened upon a bar in 95 uh, where a little band was playing named Galactic and they had just formed the year before. So I was transfixed by Galactic and had a great old time. Um, yeah. If you like music, go to New Orleans. Hey, could I ask you guys a quick question? Then we'll get to our, our, our three songs. Um, we often talk on the show or you guys often talk on the show um, about musicianship without soul is kind of empty. Like Whitney Houston, you, you all said is empty calories. Um, Steely Dan. Yeah. Great musicians, but there's nothing there. I'm more of a Steely Dan fan than Bennett's. Okay. Okay. But I want to ask you about um, the aspect of musicianship that is just about being better than the next guy. And, and, And when I, when last time, time we went Helen and I went to see a band play and the the one-upsmanship I thought was just fascinating like oh you think you're pretty good with your saxophone check me out on the trumpet and then the trombone's like oh let me have a say I mean it's a fascinating thing I'm not saying they it's empty calories I'm not saying they don't have a soul but I do think musicianship is is incredibly valued and prized in New Orleans bragging rights well, I think those are two different things, to be honest. Like a great band has great players and they're talking to each other, but I don't know if they're trying to one up each other. Like there's definitely a who's the fastest thing, especially in jazz, right? Like, are you as fast as like, I mean, there are these markers of technical brilliance. And if you can get to that level, you're a special player. But the best, the best moments like that actually are are kind of co-encouraging. Like somebody rips one and then the next they're hoping the next guy can equal or maybe take it to a next level and then they'll pass it around again and pass it around again. Um, but I, I have to be in the right mood for, to listen to that for a really long time. I'll admit, like, I mean, I, I, like I have much more of a tolerance for just the long solo than Ben does. I mean, I really, when somebody's really great and I think they're, they're they're going somewhere with it. I really I really actually can get into it and enjoy it. And so some of those kind of jazz shows where they're you have great players doing that for one another. But if it's just like a pretty good band and they're just following the rules of engagement of a of a jazz like play the head, everybody gets a turn, play the head again and stop. Um, I I, I feel like that can be like a blues show. It can get kind of tedious for me. Timmy, before we leave, places to visit, Preservation Hall, strong yep. recommend. I know Jeff. Right. Me too. I love it. Every time I go, I go. And every time I go, I love it. Um, there's a part of it that's weirdly cheesy, but it's even better because it's cheesy. Like, it's so good. It's so good. It's basically, it's all these old, old-fashioned and, and actually old musicians in New Orleans. Yeah. They do four shows a day, um, and it is a little bit of a tourist trap, and they trot you in and trot you out and trot you in and trot you out. Um but the sheer raw, oh, and also they mix and match. Like like every yeah. time I've seen them, there's a, di- a different group of guys, and they've got a whole like traveling group that come in and do it. Um, so I'm at Bonnaroo, which is super fun. Anyhow, um, they just it's a show. It's a show. It's an old fashioned, super entertaining, unbelievably good show. And uh, if you're in New Orleans, you can't miss it. 
And have you been, have you seen the Rebirth Brass Band, which is kind of the next generation version of that? No, I have not. Oh, they are amazing. I went and saw them at the Independent. Um, I actually saw them right after Katrina happened. And uh, they were, you know, they were touring because they had no homes. And uh, in the middle of the show, they, they got quiet. And the guy was like, hey, who here is from New Orleans? And of course, they, they San Francisco crowd, like, what? And he was like, oh, yeah, show me your fucking FEMA cards. Right. And it gets really quiet. It's like, I didn't think so. And he went on this long thing. Like, I'm glad you're having a good time. And we're here to spread some love. But like this culture is in, in dire trouble of dying out. And we are going to save it. It was really moving. And they just played their absolute asses off for three hours. I've never been more tired after a show than when I saw the Rebirth Brass Band. They just they pulverized us. Show us your FEMA card. Wow. that's a I know, right? <laughs> The other one I'll add is the Whitney Plantation, which is outside New Orleans. Right. And, um, is a historically sugarcane plantation that they've Ooh. redone in careful detail, focusing on the lives of the slaves. And um, the duty gave us the tour was a, um, a descendant. And you can't, well, actually, you can believe whatever you think sugarcane farming is like in new orleans under slavery it's so much worse it's oh, my so bad. oh my god it's, so bad. Uh, it's one of the most dangerous harvests yeah. there is because yeah. you have to use the machete with that metal brace against your leg and if you have any kind of slippage you just cut your you cut your foot off and like oh, well, and, the, and the cooking it is yeah, the cooking. with snakes and crocodiles yeah. and everything else like they um one of the reasons why it was like the, 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 it was so expensive and so dangerous is because they just like to die. Like you had like a two or three yeah. year life cycle of doing this unbelievably dangerous, horrible work. Um, and I, I've done a tour of uh, a, a mine where they enslaved people. And I was like, I don't know, which is worse. <laughs> horrible, but so unbelievably horrible and dangerous. But anyhow, um, it's an amazing, super powerful experience to see the quarters, look at the way they lived, and then understand the physical work that they did, just like unimaginable. And that's the Whitney Plantation? Yeah. Uh, how they, they have like uh, weddings and stuff there? I actually don't know the answer to that. <laughs> no, that was, that was a terrible uh, joke. I don't want to know the answer to that. It is the one. No, it's, it's in the South, a lot of people find a plantation to get married at because the venue is so beautiful uh the whitney does oh, not know. do that the whitney's like no no you know what's a good day for those weddings is robert e lee day that'd be a good oh. day to have a plantation wedding did you check it yeah no, it's still bothering it's, me though like I, I was driving i was driving somewhere randomly the other day and i was like robert e lee day it's you- the third monday in january you bet um because it's a federal holiday it's mlk day and so what they did is they stuck Ugh. their their noses and their state's rights and made it a combined holiday. All right. Gentlemen, let's go. What are our three favorite moments, songs, artists from New Orleans? You're pointing at Ben? He I, oh, he I let me first. go first last time. So All right. All right. So last time we did Robert Johnson and we learned about African American music and hell. And today we take a little trip to heaven with our gal oh. Mahalia Jackson, born October 1911 in New Orleans. Um, her mom and dad are not married. Her father's a stevedore, and her mother does a laundry and other hustles. Her mom dies, and she lives in a house with 13 other people in a shotgun shack in the 16th ward. 
Mom dies when she's five. She's taken in by her mom's sister, Aunt Duke. She lives with Aunt Duke until she's 15 or 16. Aunt Duke is a super severe woman, very, very religious and not light on the cane. So she's just like really taking it to Mahalia as she's growing up. Um, she attends Mount Moriah Baptist Church, where she first sings in the choir. She is the grandchild of enslaved people on both sides. And her grandfather, a former slave, is an occasional uh, fill-in pastor at this church. At 16, things get so bad with Aunt Duke that she moves out. She's itinerant in New Orleans. Oh, by the way, she has to drop out of school at 10 to work in the laundry. Um, at 16, she moves out. She's wandering, sleeping on couches and with various family members in New Orleans, follows another one of her aunts up to Chicago. So this is another classic great migration story. Uh, you can imagine arriving at Chicago at 16 when you've never left New Orleans is not a great time for her. Freezing cold, miserable. There's all these big city folk. She's very confused by it all. She finds her home in the Greater Salem Baptist Church. And that's where she, again, takes up singing and eventually becomes what she called a fish and bread singer, which is just an all-time name for this. So she's wow. doing various odd jobs and just going around to various churches singing with uh, groupings of different gospel people. The most common one was the Johnson Singers, who's a quartet where she fronts a piano, bass, drums, jazz thing behind her. Um, and basically it's fish and bread because that's what she goes to get. She goes to the fish fries, gets the fish. That's how she earns her keep is out there singing at it. In 1937, she gets four singles put out on Decca Records, not big sales. And that just kind of dies there. And the, talk about an amazing American story. This whole time, she's like working, singing, hustling. She gets married. She gets divorced. She buys an apartment building and she's a landlord. Like she's just like inching out up the level, getting a little bit more wealthy, a little bit more wealthy, dragging her ass through the um, depression. In 1946, she gets her big break. She goes and plays at the Apollo Theater in Harlem. That's the first big break. Second big break is she gets signed to the Apollo Records by the scout who just watches the acts come through the Apollo Theater and sign them. And then the third big break, life-changing big break, is she now has enough money to hire a touring band. And there's one person who tours with her from 1946 until she dies, Mildred Falls, her piano player. And um, when you hear the Mahalia Jackson cuts, listen to the piano. Like this woman is an unbelievably spectacular, super awesome piano player. Um, and from there, it's off to the races. Like she has a hit that hits number two on the pop charts. She is by a mile the most popular um, gospel singer and arguably the most popular African-American singer of this period from 1946 all the way up until, you know, like we get into the late 50s when other people start coming on the scene. Um she has massive crossover to white audience. She's the headliner of the Newport Jazz Festival in 57 and 58. And there's a movie made about her performance in 58 that comes out in 59. Um, she, again, keeps spreading her business wings. She had a Mahalia Jackson Chicken Dinners frozen dinner company. Let's go. And a bunch of Let's canned go. food from New Orleans <laughs> that she sold, like with Mahalia Jackson smiling on it. Like, that is unbelievable. <laughs> Bribe my colored greens. Like, just makes me so happy for her. That's amazing. The best. Yeah, totally. 
Um, <gasps> she never went pop. She never, uh, there's a, a famous, possibly apocryphal story where she was playing vaudeville theaters and then her grandfather got sick and she swore to God that she would never play another like non-religious set um, if her grandfather got better and he did and she never did. She never wavered on that. She's a gospel act her entire life. Um, the I got her the box set, which I strongly recommend. Um, and that was what really turned me on to it. Just like fantastic, unbelievable, beautiful voice, clearly clear, clear progenitor to rock and roll um, and soul music and uh, the Motown sign sound and the stack sound. Like you'll really hear it. Um, as I've come to enjoy her even more, she is an unbelievable live act. And I would just strongly recommend any chance you get to listen to the live versions of the song. So Mildred Falls, her piano player, would play with one hand and watch Mahalia with her with her eyes rather than looking at the piano. And they're like, why do you do that? And she was like, well, first, I never know when she's going to start or stop or the rhythm or when she's going to speed up. And you'll hear it in the song that I'm going to choose. Like the, the um, it didn't it rain is the song that I'm going to choose. I'm going to have to tell Jeff the exact length of it because there's like eight different live versions of it. They go from two minutes to seven minutes. And they're they're like, they're really different. And Mildred Falls would say, she would tell me to change the key. She would point at me and point up and I'd have to change the key while I was playing. She felt it out as she was going. Holy she smokes. was, uh, this is the, in, in the um, fish and bread days, she would actually get in trouble at places because she sang so passionately and she like has this like little kind of slinky move where she's moved by the spirit. Um, but for many of the Chicago churches of the established African-American community were really, really, really very staid. And so the new Southern churches that came up, there's like a big like culture clash between them. Super interesting. Um, Jeff, if you will do, it's Didn't It Rain Live. And on Spotify, it's in the essential Mahalia Jackson and it's 342. The silence is me finding this track. I got it. Everybody ready? All right. No, no, hold on. Okay. Well, you can start at the very beginning so you can hear the quiet part. But um, the better thing is go to 2.30, which you is where it. she's winds up. Then there's a bunch of applause. Then she kicks back in and then tears the house down. All right. Here we go.
So first of all, just I want to recall out Mildred Falls. Did you hear that freaking piano playing? Yeah. Yeah. Fats Domino in 1950. Yeah. It's unbelievably (laughs) amazing. And uh, the reason I love like the the part where she makes it up as she goes along. So she she ends the song. There's the applaud. And then you hear the like a rhythmic clapping. Like yeah. it's not, she's not, she's not clapping on the rhythm. And then when she kicks back in, you can hear the piano's wrong for the first like seven seconds. She's like, what the hell's happening? Oh, oh, oh. and then, then she, she locks in and then they're just off to the races, to yeah. the races. Fantastic. Um, she says a bunch, a bunch of the songs are slower. A bunch of the songs are calmer, but this sound is completely in there. I mean, she just tears the roof off of the place. The descriptions of her live shows are like people weeping, people rolling in the aisles people being born again freaking out speaking in tongues um and when you hear this song i'm like yeah i believe it i believe it like uh, if there's a version of god here on earth i think i just heard it live what what year was that ben it's somewhere in the 50s it yeah. is okay that was spectacular yeah well the master class from ben very little it, to it, add isn't um, she the isn't she the one who gets Martin Luther King Jr. to improvise. She is indeed. She's she the one who says, indeed. "Tell, tell him about the tell dream." About the Martin. dream. Tell him about the dream. Yep, she was there, yep. there the whole, the whole time. And he through. goes yeah. off script. Unbelievable. She yep. and another and gospel that came down to Selma during the bus boycott and just stayed at a buddy and did shows every night to support the uh, support the people. It's wow. Incredible. Yep. She's also um, in Summer of Soul, the Questlove documentary. She's singing and she's not feeling well. And so she hands the song over to Mavis Staples. Says, I'm feeling a little poorly, child. You got to sing this one for me. Have you seen? Oh. I mean, it's, oh, my wow. God. One, like I'm tearing up just thinking about it. When Mavis it's Staples a... tells that story, she, she grabs oh. my arm and she's like, you're going to have to carry me tonight. Oh, oh you could see it in the film. Oh, um, yeah. No, I mean, it's just like it's just one of those hairs on the back of your neck. Like you can't believe you get to witness it. Yeah, Mahalia is. Um, you know, I, I don't know how much of how much gospel music our readers listen to. But gospel music is one of those genres where it really matters who you listen to. Um, I feel the way about gospel music the way I kind of feel about reggae music. There's a handful of artists that I find transcendent. And then there's a whole lot of stuff that I feel like is um, is at a different level because it's so focused on the expectations of the art form rather than pushing against it or creating it. And uh, like, I mean, there are so many versions of, of these songs, uh, how I got over and take my hand, precious Lord. And I'm not tired yet. And I found the answer. And like, if you look these songs up, you'll see them and you'll see them sung by, by people you've heard of. Um, but um I agree with Ben that um, Mahalia Jackson is the Bob Marley of gospel in the sense that there's just a there's a transcendent quality to the art that that transcends the genre that it, most people attribute it to. All right. Pretty great. Pretty great. What do you got? Jeff All right, Jeff, what are you doing? Matt? And see, well, my, yeah, mine's um, I'm going to bring us forward into the uh, mid 60s and early 70s. Okay. Um, and I'm going to play some, I'm going to play some grooves. Timmy, we're going to put you not in the torture basement, but, uh, but the funk milkshake. Are you ready? <laughs> okay. So I'm going to play some songs and I want uh-huh. you to tell me if and when you recognize them. Okay? okay. Got it. All right. Here we go. I'll start with some ones that I think you might get. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Lady Marmalade by yep. LaBelle. Got okay, it. Okay, here we go. Ready? I'm sneaking Sally through the alley. Good. Robert Palmer. Robert Palmer. Okay. Oh, might have been the wrong place. Might have been the wrong time. Something like that. Doctor John, very yeah. good. A little, maybe a little bit more. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, I don't know this. I like it. That's Alan Toussaint's Going Down from the Live Life. Oh, second Toussaint reference. We must be in New Orleans. I love (laughs) it. We got this one. Wow. Don't know it. That's our man Lee Dorsey, who did doing Yes We Can Can. He also does Yaya and uh, working in a coal mine. Working the reason I wanted to mine. play you Lee Dorsey, Alan Toussaint, Dr. John, and LaBelle, and Robert Palmer is that's all the same backing band. All those tracks. Wow. Same four guys in the background, known collectively as the Meters. The Meters okay. formed in 1965. Zigaboo Modalesti on the drums, George Porter Jr. on the bass. Leo Nocentelli on the guitar and Art Neville on keyboards. They're an instrumental group uh, for the first five years. And their debut record in 1969 is as important. Uh, maybe not. Is the If James Brown is the one of inventing funk music, you could make an argument that the Meters' first record is the 1A or the 2. The Meters' self-titled 1969 record, all instrumentals, um, most famously, this song, which is called Sissy Strut. Uh, yeah! This is where... this I is know that song. Be- this is soul music becoming funk music. This is Booker T and the MGs becoming something different, right? Okay. Um, these guys... Uh, they make a bunch of their own hits, but they're also just all over so much great music for the next 12 years. Um, and if, if for me, this is the sound of New Orleans that I like best. Um, I mean, I love the early jazz stuff. I love some other things, but there's just something about the way these guys put a groove together that I find inexhaustibly entertaining and there are so many great meter songs look a pie pie and nine till five and chicken strut and tippy toes and cabbage alley and hey pocky way and africa and fire on the bayou and liar Uh, i mean you could make a two-hour mix of just meters classics that would do you absolutely no harm and then they play on some great 70s records records that have aged so spectacularly right there's 70s music that's fun and there's 70s music that you put it on and you're like, wow, that sounds instantly great still. Um, and I think it's because the meters, first of all, having having tried to play these songs in a lot of different contexts, they are so hard to play. To play these songs well, to not play them like a shitty cover band takes 
a precision and skill and attention that you're not right. prepared for until you find yourself in that groove. That bump, 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 bump. It's so slow. It is so much slower than you think it is. I'm going to play Sissy Strut again, and you're going to clap along. You're going to be like, good Lord, this is slower than I thought. This is really? not okay. music you can just bop side to side. It is so huh. intentional. And that groove's taking that funk groove and just slowing it down to the point where there's so much space. The fifth instrument in a meter song is silence, is the silence between the notes and the silence these guys allow to transpire, right? It's the opposite of what you were describing, Timmy, right? With this like virtuosity run wild. Like, don't don't be fooled. The meters can play their asses off. And there are mid-70s meters tracks where they just go for broke. It's just a hilarious, like, it's 100 miles an hour. But the meters at their best is the, the excellence of restraint, right? Listen how deliberate and careful this groove is. Uh, yeah! Hi hat hit. Play this like three PPMs faster and it's toothpaste commercial background music. Check this out. time in the groove for the drummer to grab the hi-hat and silence it before he plays the next bump it's just i love this band i love i love the sound that they make i love the records they play on i love that they bring their personality to these sessions the best robert palmer record is the one the meters play on the best labelle record is the one that the meters play on the best alan toussaint record is the one the meters play on and those those records sound like those artists, but they're buoyed up and made better by the profound excellence of the band that they hire. And it's one of the things that really pisses me off about modern music is famous people will bring a guest in and then make the guest do the stuff they wanted to hear instead of letting the guest be the guest. Right. That was the number one rule I made for my own record is when I asked friends to play on it. I used whatever they gave me. I didn't give them notes. I didn't tell them what I heard. I was like, I want you to be you because you being you will make my own song better. Right. right. And it's just a lost, the lost art of genuine collaboration. It's why we love Phoebe Bridgers, right? Who's a genuine collaborator, right? That mm. new boy genius record sounds like them. It doesn't sound like they're taking turns being one another. Right. And that's right. why the record is so good. And that's why the meter is, are my favorite um, New Orleans contribution. And the more I learn about them, like there's another, this is one of those Spotify things where there's a collection called The Absolute Complete Meters, 1968 to 1977, which is every goddamn thing those guys <laughs> play on. It's like six this. hours long. And I'm I like, love this. great, love it. Yeah, Thank you for put this together. I'm going to hit play and go on with my day. So, so yeah, the meters are my thing. Wow, good stuff. Ben, you familiar with them? Yeah, huge fan. Jeff hit it. It's fantastic. I love um now are they they're Robert Palmer's uh backing band, uh, the ones in the Addicted to Love video. They're that's not Jimmy, them. That's amazing not about Robert Palmer is 
He has the meters for that first record, and then he has little feet for the next two backing uh, him up. Like Robert Palmer is secret is secretly terrific in the seventies. Like that addicted yeah. to love stuff kind of tarnished his reputation. Oh, it did but it ever? There's a there are two dozen Robert Palmer songs from his first five records which tear the roof off, and I had no idea because my introduction to Robert Palmer was the Power Station and addicted, and addicted to, addicted to, to love. love. I just assumed he sucked. Simply and I irresistible. I was like, yes. so much of, it, of his early stuff is so great. And it's just, you know, you have to, but you have to go back and find it. So, first of all, I still say all the time, some like it hot and that's one that I say all the time. And then your teeth grind. I know. <laughs> oh, boy. That's uh, I good actually, stuff. The other one that cracks me up is simply irresistible. It's um, so bad because you can't sing along to it because the second part is on the first part. So you, I I used to I just remember people going simply irresistible. So <laughs> you can't do both parts. You have to pick which one you're doing. Oh, I am sorry. I hijacked the conversation. The meters are awesome. Uh, I can't wait to dive into that. Um, six hours of of listening pleasure. Uh, good stuff. Well, I. We're going to wrap this up. I want to wrap it up with Congo Square. If you do get a chance to go to New Orleans, um, go ahead and and get a uh, pay for the tour, a walking tour of Treme. Um, and it starts right there in Congo Square. And it's like the history of music laid out before you. Um, Congo Square is, is, is where, I guess, on, on Sundays, slaves had the day off. And that was where they were allowed to congregate. And they would bring drums and and have rhythms and and uh, and really that's going to lead to jazz. Oh, and before that, this is the blew my mind. This was the gathering place for local Indians in the like 1300s and 1400s. This is where they would have their corn harvest, um, and then it eventually becomes the city of New Orleans and and Congo Square, and then just off of Congo Square is uh, what is now a laundromat. And that laundromat at one time was J&M Recording Studio. And in 1955 at J&M Recording Studio, just off Congo Square, which brings us back centuries uh, with African drum music, uh, you have in J&M Recording Studio, apparently uh, run by a Tulane dropout this Italian guy who just had some equipment and African-American artists would come in and record music. And one of them was little Richard. And so we're going to listen to Tutti Frutti, Jeff Simons. Oh, come in on, honor of Congo Square. Uh, Mojo Magazine calls this number one out of the top 100 songs that changed the world. Number one. Wah ba ba loo ma ba 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 to the food oh Oh, Rudy. 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 Oh, Rudy.
how old was little Richard when he does that? I have no idea, but that is so great. I actually think there's a um, 1957 like is the first year that um, rock and roll produces a long playing record uh -huh. that holds up to the 10th time. Before that, it's all singles. But um, it's it, whoever makes the first great long playing record, it's a fight between the first Ray Charles record, um, the first uh, Chuck Berry is on top, uh -huh. and here's Little Richard. Oh, and the Chirping Crickets, the first Buddy Holly long play. But those four, the, that's when rock and roll like goes from singles only to being able to like create like a 35 minute like listening right. experience. Right. I, I, here's Little Richard is, is one of those few 50s long playing records that holds up gate to gate. That record he, is terrific. He's uh he's 23 when he records Tutti Frutti. 23. 23. <laughs> Crushes it. Jeff, is that your favorite Little Richard song? Me? No, I like um, Long Tall Sally. Oh, Long I have to golly, Miss Molly, because I sure like the ball. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> amazing. Of all and rip it up. I don't like, choose. Good Lord, is that like an NWA song? Like, how did that come out? Like, it's amazing. They let that get played on the radio. What did they think he was talking I know. about? I know. It's really <laughs> amazing that that one got through. <laughs> It's the same uh -huh. as Shake, Rattle, and Roll. Like, Shake, Rattle, and Roll's got a couple of lines where you're like, really? Nothing as bad as a sure like to ball. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> that's true. That one's really on the nose, isn't it? Uh, before basketball had really taken off. Uh, all right, that was a fun episode, gentlemen. Well done, Timmy, as always. Good stuff, awesome. good stuff. Can't wait uh, to get back together next week or the week after. I don't know where we're going yet. Dude, let's okay. continue on to Texas. Just keep going. We're keep just going. right next door. Keep going west. Go west, young man. I love yeah. it. I, actually, I know nothing about Houston and what the music scene was like in Houston. But Houston, big city. Yeah. I'm not right, from let's... Houston, but I rap a lot, so it'll be good. <laughs> let's go. All right, gentlemen. Good stuff. Great seeing you. Thanks, friends. Thanks. Have a great weekend. You too. Bye. Go Warriors. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, that's no, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. Touchdown. On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Electric acid.